Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. Loyalty to Rangers is what binds us. And together, we are stronger. Launching for the 2021 season, the MyJers membership program is a new way to get even closer to the club you love. It's the one place where you can access benefits like ticketing priority, club discounts, and exclusive competitions and experiences. There's even a limited edition welcome gift when you join. Visit rangers.co.uk slash mydares to join today. Always Rangers, always loyal, always rewarded. Jones delivers. Manchester, brace yourself. Rangers, 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 easy, okay. Okay. Oh, Manchester's very strong. You know, we've got a battle fever on, but I find the Rangers to win it. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the next episode of our Yesterday's Hero series. Um, today we have a former club captain and assistant manager on the show. He made 162 appearances for Rangers, winning three SPL titles, three League Cups and two Scottish Cups. He then returned as assistant manager in 2015 and won the Scottish Championship and the Petrofac Cup. He is, of course, Davy Weir. Davy, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Thanks for asking me. No problem. Um, Walter Smith obviously was returning to, to Rangers in January 2007. When did you first learn of, of interest and there was a, ch- a chance that you might become the Rangers? Um, just very quickly after I arrived, to be honest. I was at Everton at the time and um, I'd been at Everton for getting on for eight years. And my time was coming to an end at Everton. I mean, I was 36, I think, at the time. And, you know, I'd been used to playing. And then um, just at that stage, I was starting to probably play less. I knew I wasn't first choice. And I had a lot of options to leave. But wasn't in a rush to leave Everton because it was a great club. I really enjoyed it. Manager was happy. David Moyes keeping me there. You know, he, he I think, still valued me, even though I wasn't playing every game. So I wasn't in a rush to leave. And I turned down a few options to leave prior. But then, obviously, Walter, um, who had worked with in Scotland, obviously, um, got the job back at, at Rangers. And he asked me if I'd be interested in coming. And I was, I was, it was 
And it was done very quickly. I went into Belfield, where we were training with Everton the next day. Basically, told David Moyes uh, the situation. He understood, um, picked up my boots, and <laughs> basically drove up to Glasgow that night. So there wasn't a, um, a great deal of discussion involved, to be honest. Walter called me up, um, just asked me if I'd be interested. I said I was. Obviously, spoke to Everton. I'm sure he had as well. And they were happy to let me go for the <clears throat> remainder of that season, which is what I had left on my contract. So Rangers just basically took over my contract for the rest of that season. And um, I was straight up the road and I was playing on the Saturday afterwards. You made, the, as you touched there, you played the Saturday afterwards. You made your debut against Dunfermline and a 1 0 win. What was your feelings pulling on the shirt of obviously the club that you had supported as a boy? It was a bit of whirlwind, as I, you know, as I said there, in terms of I very quickly was up and very quickly was involved. And I, the situation at the time was we had to finish second in the league in order to get um, qualification or potential qualification for the Champions League. So that was really important. And we were fighting with Aberdeen for second place. And it was very tight and close. And um, Rangers had had a lot of criticism prior about conceding goals, being a bit soft and um, not particularly defending well, I think, was was probably yep. um, the kind of story around about the time. So my job was just to go in and um, stabilise it a wee bit and um, add to what the, the team already had. And I looked forward to that. I mean, pulling on the jersey, was, it was an unbelievable feeling. And, you know, my dad managed, my dad's passed away now. My dad managed to come to the game, as you said, it was at Infirmary. So that was a great for both him and me. He was a Rangers fan, grew up watching Rangers, supporting Rangers, and then you know, to see his son play for Rangers, I'm sure, was was great for him, and it was obviously great for me as well. It wasn't a great game, but I think it was 1-0 from memory. Um, we kept a clean sheet, and you know, I was really happy with the way it went. Yeah. You made your Ibrox debut against one of your, your former clubs in Falkirk, and a game that we won 2-1. Again, that must have been a proud feeling for you, running... I was a Rangers player at Ibrox rather than a member of the opposition. Exactly. I've obviously been there a few times, both with Falkirk and Hearts, playing in games and played cup games there, semi-finals and, and different things like that, even for Scotland as well. So obviously played at Ibrox on a lot of occasions, but to actually go there, Scott, when you know being a Rangers player, as you say, with a shirt on and you know, a full stadium back in you, then it's a completely different experience. And it was special. It's special driving up to Ibrox. It's special yeah. Yeah. walking through the front door. It's special going to a game at Ibrox, as you know, I'm sure. And, you know, I've had that feeling as a fan, you know, getting from Falkirk, getting the train through and then getting the tube out and then walking up to Ibrox. And my dad would take me and we'd get there early and you'd watch the teams coming in off the bus and, you know, things like that that were special. So to be part of that on the other side and be... You know, remembering yourself as a as a boy watching that to actually be one yeah. of the players that actually doing that was it was a special feeling and um I'm I'm glad to have had that experience of, you know, playing for the club that I supported as a boy and my and my family supported as well. It was a it was a fantastic thing. Yeah. The the, the first Oak Firm game you were involved in ended in success as beating Celtic one 0 away at Celtic, uh, Celtic Park. Ugo Egeog scoring a memorable goal and yourself yeah. with an assist that I think it was a, a really cracking assist as well, you know, an unorthodox, an unorthodox uh, assist to, to head it in his path. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, I mean, it was more of a challenge than an assist, to be honest, and, that, <laughs> and that's what those games are about. It's about challenging, you know, and it's about winning battles and it's about winning fights. And um, that, as I said earlier, you know, at that stage, Rangers were lagging behind Celtic. That was in the league the points gap was significant and it was a fight for second place and us going to Celtic Park and getting that result put us back on the map and Walter obviously previously and you know afterwards his record against Rangers was um, sorry against Celtic was very very good and he was very proud of that and I think it was important to him and to us moving forward that we uh, made Celtic realise that we were coming back again, that we were going to be successful and that there was going to be competition for them. No, not for second place, but for first place. Yeah. Obviously, we, we, we finished that season quite strongly. We managed to get second place, as you say, and we qualified for the, the qualification process of the Champions League. Um, going into 07-08, 
you scored your first goal for the club against FK Zeta in these uh, in those qualification matches. What was that? What did that feel like for you, knowing that you at the age, at the kind of twilight of your career, you were actually going to possibly have a chance to play in the Champions League? It was incredible. It was, I mean, I was fortunate I ever we had an opportunity to play in the Champions League. We we finished fourth. I think it was all four or five. I might be wrong. And um, we went into the Champions League qualifiers the following year against um, Villarreal, which was an unbelievably hard draw. Probably, well, definitely the toughest draw we could have had out of all the potential opponents. And we ended up getting knocked out on um, by one goal. And there was a bit of controversy. Duncan Ferguson actually scored a header and Kalina ruled it out. So it was yeah. a disaster. So, as you say, at that stage, we'd worked so hard to get into that fourth position. So, and being so close to the Champions League, you think your time's gone. So, to get that opportunity up at Rangers was was special. And it was, we had qualification games to get there. It, was, um, it wasn't easy. And I remember the goal you're talking about. And it was very fortunate in terms of how it worked. And, you know, we were, the games were very tight in terms of us getting through very stressful and very close and it wasn't easy and then we obviously we managed to get there and then you draw teams of the quality that we did Barcelona, Stuttgart and Leon, and it's a dream come true you know you're sitting watching the draws all the fans would and you see these teams come out the hat and you're thinking oh this is going to be great as well as being a bit nervous but potentially you know up against some really really good opponents Yeah I mean I remember the game at Ibrox especially the 0-0 draw we Barcelona, absolutely unbelievable mm. performance for the Rangers team he, tactically to, to be able to stifle the talent that they had. That must have been especially a proud moment for you because you touched on it yourself that you were brought in instead of the ship a wee bit. And obviously, mm. you managed to managed to do it to a point where we actually shackled Barcelona. Yeah, it was, and you know, there's an element of luck involved in that. And obviously, the way we played wasn't the way we normally play at Ibrox, and you know what. And Walter's obviously very intelligent and obviously a very good manager and coach. And he just try his methodology is try to give his teams the best way of winning. It always was, and based on the personnel he had. And that was our best chance of getting a result. And we played many teams at Ibrox who had done something similar to us or against yeah. us. So it was, it was basically, and we did it at Old Trafford latterly as well, against some really good teams whereby you go and make yourself really, really hard to beat. And that was our best chance of getting a result. And 0-0 for us was a, was a it was probably a point that got us into the Europa Leagues, which, or sorry, UEFA Cup as it was. So ultimately, it was a really, really important point for us in terms of what happened off the back of it. And it was a great night. I mean, you're playing against Messi, Ronaldinho, Tierney, Yave, Iniesta, you know, Puyol. It's a who's who of football players. And it was a special event. And things like that don't come around very often in your career or even as a fan going and watching it. So, it was great, it was special, and um, although I think we got a bit of criticism from outside in terms of how we played, it was what well, had been very pragmatic, and as I say, getting a great result that was really important for us. You touched upon the, the UEFA Cup, drama in the UEFA Cup. Um, as a fan, I felt the kind of first stages that we got through and when we dropped to the Champions League, you're thinking, as a fan, if you get to the quarterfinals, we're, we're doing exceedingly well, and then from there, to me, it's a lucky to draw. I think mm-hmm. Rangers were quite kind of unfortunate at times with the with the luck of the draw. We got some really really good teams, and we managed to navigate our way through yeah. it through tactical masterclasses for Walter and obviously guys like yourself. How good a feeling did that did that come as a professional? You know, to see a, a game plan being executed in that way, you get through to your final you forgot. Well, I think you know as we've said, some of the games you know going to Leon, we had an, an unbelievable performance, an unbelievable result, and. Even in Stuttgart and then going to Barcelona, you, these are the sort of games where you're doing something similar. So it almost became like we had, I don't know, maybe 20 games or roughly 20 games in European competition. So it was almost like two teams. You had a team or a method that was designed to win your games in the league. And then you had a European method that was designed to keep the games tight and try and nick the odd goal. So it was very, it was very different in how we played. And that was, again, great credit to Walton and Coisty and Kenny for, you know, setting up the tactics and giving us a, the best chance of winning as many games as we could. And the, the European run, it wasn't a distraction, but you know what Rangers is like. And Rangers is about winning the league. And if you don't win the league, which we hadn't done the previous season because we were chasing, then it's very important that you win it the next season. If you go two, two years without winning the league, 
then you're in a really difficult position. And although Walter had only taken over in January, so the previous year wasn't ultimately his campaign, you know, you're still part of that. And I think we all felt part of that, that we knew the significance to the league and the importance of the league. So while we had both eyes on the league, we, we also had one eye in Europe. And it was, it was very difficult to manage that, as well as the cup competitions, which are always important as well. That year, well, it's 12 years to today, as we touched upon, that we made the UEFA Cup final at the time of recording this. Um, what are your memories of that of that night and obviously the semi-final, the, the kind of scenes in, in Florence? Well, I'm sure you will not be surprised to hear my memories of the semi-final are much better than my yeah. memories of the final. The, the semi-final was special for a lot of reasons in terms of where we were, in terms of how the game panned out, in terms of what was happened within the game and and obviously the significance of getting to a European Cup final. That's that's a special thing that doesn't happen um, for many players or many clubs or, or many fans at any time. So that was just the significance to that was massive for us and you know great memories of before, during and after. And then the final itself was a bit of a letdown, a bit of a well, a big a big disappointment in terms of the result ultimately, but obviously a a degree of pride of getting there as well. And the game was tight, you know, I think, and I'll be, I'm as guilty as any, anybody of it of thinking, oh, we didn't play well in the final, but we never really played well throughout the campaign. We were just always in the games and it was still the yeah. same as Zenit. We were beaten Bayern Munich in the semi-finals and we're a top, top team. I mean, a really good team. And we'd kept them tight for the majority of the game. I think we are missing Daniel Kuzan um, in the game, who was a big player for us. And we missed his threat probably at the top of the pitch but we still came, kept the game competitive and we're still in it with about 20 minutes to go and we still had a chance but ultimately they scored and then they scored one right at the end when we were chasing again that killed it and, and finished the game so that was ultimately a disappointment but still good memories in terms of the number of Rangers fans that were there and the build up to the game and the excitement that was around about it but you know, ultimately the Rangers were just on, on winning and unfortunately we didn't win that one Domestically, I thought that year Rangers were absolutely outstanding and probably should have had the clean sweep. Probably Europe handled us in that. Um, yeah. we, how did it feel for you to land your first trophy? The final against Dundee United obviously went to penalties. Uh, how did it feel that you land your first trophy at Rangers? It was special. I, I mean, I was fortunate enough to have won the Cup at Harps and, you know, we'd won the league at Falkirk and, you know, we'd had relative success at Everton. So, I'd had success in my career previously, but that to to do it at Rangers was special for the reasons I've spoken about earlier. And you know, we were putting ourselves back on the map and trying to make our mark. And Walter, you know, there's nobody better to do that than Walter because of his experience and his knowledge and his understanding of what it takes to play and, and manage for Rangers. So he um to be part of the significance, the sort of building stages that we went through to get back in a position whereby we could challenge for the league and we could be competitive Competitive in the league was really important. And the cup was the first stage of that. I mean, we played in a lot of cup finals in my time there and we were pretty successful in all of them and um, on the majority of occasions. So, and, but the games, being honest, were never, we never particularly played well again. It was very rarely in the cup finals that we played well. But we always or very often seemed to find a way to win. And Dundee United was very much the same. We didn't play well, it went to penalties and it was nip and tuck the whole game and we could have lost it. But winning that trophy was really important and it was the first one, which is always nice and, and always the most difficult to do. And then we had to back it up by having success in other areas. We took, we took the league championship to the last day. We went to Aberdeen. I think so to go to Tannadice. Um But to be quite honest with you, I think it's testament. I mean, you made 61 appearances that season yourself. So I think it's testament to to the talent and, and the drive within that squad that we actually came so close to doing something historic like the quad basically I know. Un- un- well, unbelievable that, feeling you know and that was the reflections ultimately disappointing because you know we're in a UEFA Cup final we're in the last day of the league season and you know there's obviously circumstances that made it difficult for us to win the league and, and certain other things so you know, and we don't want to go into that. That's in the past and everybody will have an opinion on that. But it was difficult for us to keep maintaining the um, the momentum 
and the, the challenges that we faced. And every game's difficult in Scotland. There's no getting away from that. But we were fighting on all fronts. And, you know, I had to go up to Aberdeen after a, a very quick turnaround of the games prior. And then we had a cup final after it as well. Again, a vet, we came back to Aberdeen straight into the hotel and we had a cup final at the weekend. So it was very difficult. So um, we had to... Know, navigate all those problems and try and win as much as we could and unfortunately we never won at all and we ended up winning two cups over the course of the season and if we're being honest we're probably disappointed with that because we had a chance to be the most successful Rangers team of all time in terms of winning a treble and winning a European trophy which had never been done Ready is relentless Ready is fearless Ready is fearing no foe. Ready for the next level? Renew your season ticket now and support Rangers into season 2021. Prices are frozen for next season and the renewals deadline is extended. Visit rangers.co.uk slash renew to secure your season ticket today. Always Rangers. Always loyal. So we're moving on to the 08-09 season, David. We won the league in the Scottish Cup with yourself making 47 appearances. We crashed out of Europe to Kaunas early doors in the season. Um, how, how disappointed was yourself in the squad considering the, the success we had in Europe the year before? Yeah, it was it was disaster, to be honest, in terms, as you said, having the success we had previously in the amount of games and the trips and the, the excitement that, that generated. It was devastating to go out so early. And... Um, you know, there was a lot of harsh words spoken both by us and to us um, in the media because of that. So it wasn't great news for the club financially, obviously, and it also wasn't great news for us as players in terms of getting that experience. So, you know, we had to regroup and we had to focus on the league, which, although is always the priority, you know, Europe is a, is a nice distraction. So it, it very much focused our minds in terms of we had no choice but to win minimum the league and, and also hopefully the Cups as well. Did it allow you focus then solely on winning the league championship? Was was it nice that that distraction, no nice is the right word, but that distraction of Europe was kind of taken away after the year before? And obviously the fact that it probably cost us a league championship in some way. Um, I don't think it was nice. I think it was, you know, it was a necessity and it just took any excuse away in terms of, you know, if we didn't win the league, we only had ourselves to blame. Whereas I think previously there was a lot of blame attached to other people in terms of making it difficult for us to win the league. Now we didn't have that excuse. So I think that became um, very important for us that, you know, in terms of motivation, we had, there was no get out clauses. It was purely down to us to, to get the results required and win the games needed to, to win the league, which was which was our, our main focus. And, and obviously we're not winning the league the previous year. It was um, it was imperative that we never went two years without being successful. Otherwise, you know, we knew that it would have been another disaster. Kenny Miller returned to the club that year as well. Um, he obviously scored his first two Rangers goals since returning to the club uh, at Parkhead. How uh-huh. was Kenny's return perceived amongst the squad, considering the fan base was kind of split down the middle on it? If the squad would like to get Kenny back. We knew his qualities. I knew his qualities from Scotland and playing against them and, and different bits and pieces. So it was never an issue in terms of the squad. We were obviously well aware of um, the noise outside in terms of how obviously having played for Celtic as well as Rangers previously. And um, there was a split opinion on that. But we know how Scotland works. And, you know, Mo Johnson's came for Celtic to Rangers and vice, you know, and different things and have happened in the past. So it's not insurmountable when the best answer in football and Kenny more than anybody was well aware of that was by doing it on the pitch and very quickly if the fans see the effort and the quality on the pitch then they'll accept you and that's what Kenny did and you know there's no better start than doing what he did to go and score a couple of goals in a, in a very important game and his general performances and work rate were, were as they always are with Kenny and we knew we were getting that as players because we knew the type of guy he was so it was never a problem. We, we were beaten in the League Cup final to Celtic. I, 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 I was at the game that day and I certainly seen even more of, I think, a determined nature within the squad to go and secure that title then off the back of that yeah, alone. That was disappointing. There's no getting away from that. You know, it was, I think it was extra time, if I'm right, if my memory tells me right. And it was a tight game and um, it could have went either way. But ultimately, we came out on the wrong side of that. And again, 
that doubled our motivation to win the league. We knew we had to go and win the league now because, you know, we'd lost, we'd lost it in a cup. We were out of Europe. So our opportunities were dwindling in terms of um, where we could get success. And obviously the league is always as important as I've said a couple of times, but it just, again, it took out the backstop. It took out any sympathy we might get for, you know, potentially winning a cup, but no winning the league. We knew we had to go and win the league that season. Otherwise we were going to be in a very, a very tricky situation. We went in a run after that. It won defeat in 18 and clinched the title on the last day at Tannadice. What are your memories of that day? My memories are just relief, if I'm being honest, in terms of going up to Tannadice is always a difficult game. United are always difficult opponents. I think it's clear that they're not Rangers' greatest fans and they would have really enjoyed um, stopping us winning there. So it was a it was a big game. It was a pressure game and you know, as time unfolded, that became normal that the league would go the last season between us and Celtic. You know, the previous season, that season, the next couple of seasons were all going down to the wire. And it was important to keep your nerve. It was important to be in the driving seat in terms of knowing your result, if you got it right, would um, allow you to win the league. And that that was a real pressure situation. But we actually played really well on the day. I know there was there was actually... Um, some distractions in terms of Barry and Allen and what had happened with them and that wasn't great. It was, you know, there was a lot going on and um, we wanted to focus on the football and we knew by winning that league that we could um, ultimately end the season on a positive and, and it be a, a successful season in terms of winning a league and then also having Scottish Cup final to look forward. You touched upon it yourself uh, with Barry and uh, the situation with Barry and Alan. You were obviously made captain of the club prior to that game, or certainly a couple of weeks before that. How difficult a situation was that for yourself to to go into, considering that last game was probably going to be Barry's last game, as it turned out to be, and the fact that he'd captained the club for so long? It was difficult, you know, in terms of Barry and Alan were friends of mine, and they were teammates of mine, and you know what had happened had happened away for Rangers, and. It was a really difficult situation, and you know Walter being Walter, he managed it well and managed it, you know, with the football club in mind in terms of doing the best thing for the football club. And there was a lot, there was a lot going on at the time, and um, I think Walter felt like he had to act, which he did, and then we accepted it. Everyone accepted it, and we moved on. And we knew the only positive outcome we could get from it was winning the league. But for me personally, it wasn't an issue. I'd been captain before at different clubs, and. You know, coming into Rangers, Barry was the captain and I was obviously happy to contribute to that and help him with that. And um, it was never a problem between us. And, and when we won um, the league, I we'd spoken previously, Walter and I, about it, that if we did, and obviously we fully expected to win the league, that Barry and I should both lift the trophy. We thought that was fitting and it was the right thing to do. And, and we did that. And I think um, that probably was the answer to all the questions. The final game of the season was the Scottish Cup final at Hamden. We beat Falkirk 1-0 with Natchin Oval with an absolute wonder goal. Chris Boyd famously saying it was too hot for football. How was Walter Smith's reaction to that? <laughs> well, he's I enjoy his reaction. I can remember it clearly and you know, knowing Boydy well, that was typical Boydy, you know, in terms of what he said and what he did and wore his heart on his sleeve and I mean Falkirk played really well that day. That's you know, something that gets forgotten. John Hughes is a friend of mine, Brian Rice, the assistant, also a friend of mine. So, And I'm from Falkirk, so it was a big game for me as well. And they played well in the game, as I've said previously, that most cup finals, you know, whether it was St. Mirren, Dundee United, Falkirk, Queen of the South, whoever it was you, we played in the cup finals, you always felt you were in the game, regardless of how the opposition were perceived. And that was the same with Falkirk. They played really well and deserved more of the game, but we, as always, just managed to find a way to win. So Boyd coming off at half-time, um, which I think he was a wee bit shocked about, but probably on reflection, he probably realises why. And then Nacho coming into the game and you know scoring almost straight away, putting us one ahead, and he just started to think that you know it was going to be our day. So you know, that was the feeling that was around about us. We were, we were used to being successful by that time and expected to win, and we just had to find a way of doing that. We went into the following season and the players righted the wrong, I suppose, of the European campaign of the year before. We got back into the Champions League proper through through winning that league. 
yourself, yeah. obviously, I think, turning 40 that year, did you ever imagine yourself that you'd be playing the top level of European football at that age when usually players are winding down and also the fact that you were actually performing to such a standard at that time? No, definitely not. I never expected that. I mean, I came up to Rangers for, you know, half a season just to help half a season and obviously hoped to earn a new contract for the following season. And I'd been operating on yearly contracts for probably three or four years before that. And, and I actually enjoyed it. A lot of players don't enjoy it and watch lo- want longer contracts. I liked, I liked the motivation of having to earn a contract and um, it worked well for me. It, you know, you don't need extra motivation. I never needed extra motivation, but I just think it helped me at that time in that stage in my career. So I prolonged it as long as I could because I loved it. I loved working for Walter. I loved playing for Rangers. I loved the environment he had and, and um, the teammates I was playing with. So it just suited me at that stage in my career. And um, I was completely focused on football. I was completely focused on being successful. And, and Walter gave a lot of trust in me as a captain and as part of his team. And, and he fitted a, built a team, you know, when you look at it, probably the... The team was was better than some of its parts in terms of the qualities of some of the players could be questioned, but the qualities within the team were unquestioned and we learned to be successful and that obviously all stems to the manager and his knowledge and, and understanding of the players and what's required to play for Rangers. The kind of pickouts for that season, there were plenty, but certainly the League Cup final when we go down to nine men and the team still managed to find a way through uh, to win another cup. Walter Smith, quite visible that day, leaving his place at the kind of dugout area of Hamden and coming downstairs onto the trackside. What are your memories of that game in terms of, obviously it was Danny Wilson and Kevin, Kevin Thompson that got sent off, given the fact you were playing alongside Danny Wilson, just how difficult was it for yourself as captain especially to try and get a wee bit of control on the park of the team and try and kind of see it through? Again, my memory, St Mirren played well in the game and were the better team. Um, you know, through the early parts of the game and probably should have been ahead. And then obviously we lose um, the players, I think. Was it Kevin first, then Danny? Was that yeah. right when? Yeah. I mean, and obviously you lose a player and you're thinking, oh, we're up against it here. But it was noticeable on the pitch. And, you know, I, I could sense it that all of a sudden it did change. The dynamic of the game changed from us being the favourites, expected to win and not really playing well. It went from St Mirren probably being favourites or more expectation that they actually struggled with that in the game you know it was really noticeable within the game and then when Danny got sent off then all of a sudden it's like right they've got to win now if they don't win it's a disaster but within our nine players we still have some good players yeah. you know, I remember the goal well in terms of you know the, 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 the game had changed obviously but the goal we scored was a fantastic goal in terms of I think I won it and gave it to Nasey and then, or Nasey gets it and crosses it for Kenny and it's an unbelievable counter-attack goal but you actually look at the quality players that are on the pitch and the attributes that they have then it's not really a surprise and you know Walter coming down from his technical area and you know I think he took his jacket off and you know that's just typical Walter in terms of just at the right time doing the right thing saying the right thing or whatever it may be and, and that's what he did he just gave that extra motivation whether it was to the fans which passed on to the players or you know he just he just did the simple things really well and, and gave us, you know, an opportunity to win the game and helped us win the game, which is which is what he does ultimately. The players have got to do it. But um, it was a really interesting game. And, you know, when you look back at all the games that you play for and you think how you win them and, and winning from difficult situations, then that's put a rank right up there at the top of, you know, some of the some of the results we've managed to achieve. Certainly as a supporter, that's up there for, for myself. I was at the game as well. And for a supporter, that's up there as, as one of the greatest for us. I think you've done a wee bit yeah. of disservice here at the Pigeon, mind you, who helped in the build-up to that, game, <laughs> to that goal as well. We only, had, we only had three defeats that season in the league, in the league season and we won the, the title away at Easter Road at Hibs um, with three games yeah. to spare. Again, yeah. Kyle Lafferty coming up with the, with the goods on the final date. Actually, I'd certainly clinch the title anyway. How yeah. huge an achievement was that, given our good European, our good European run as well in the Champions League that year? It's always a, an achievement to win the league. To win any league, and at any level, level is difficult. And you know, ultimately, Rangers and Celtic compete for the league most years. And it's at that stage, it was a really fair fight. I thought the teams were equally balanced in terms of 
both had European expectations, both had good players, both domestically and internationally, I think. Budgets were relatively similar, so it was a fair fight in terms of how clubs were going against each other. And I thought we had the upper hand. I mean, I can only talk about my time there. And initially, we were playing catch-up. But when we caught up, I thought we had the, the upper hand over Celtic. And Walter was a massive part of that. And, you know, Koiski and Kenny as well, and, and Durante, in terms of actually um, being successful and knowing what it took and, and building up a, a culture and a, a belief that, that we were better and we would win the big games and we expected to win the big games. So winning leagues and, you know, he said three games still to go, which, to be honest, I'd forgotten about. I thought it was closer than that. Then that's a massive achievement because Celtic were a good team at that time and took a bit of beating and to do it with three games to go was um, was special. And Kyle popping up with, with a goal late on, or sorry, a goal late, latterly in the season, an important goal was, was something we got used to, but... Um, we didn't always get it at the other times, unfortunately, which is probably a frustration with Kyle and maybe not, not doing as much as we all would have liked at, at times. We move on to the 10-11 the season, which turned out to be Walter's last season. When did Walter tell the players that that would be his final season? Was it was it well known or did Walter announce it later on? Or? To be honest, I can't remember. I just remember it being, it was almost accepted that it was going. I mean, I knew... That was his last game going into the last game. Obviously, I think everyone did. Whether it had been spoken about, that wasn't really how we worked. You know, it wasn't so much black and white like that. But again, going into that game, that added to the pressure. So going into that last game against Kilmarnock, knowing we had to get a result, it was still in our own hands that we had to get a result to win the league to enable Walter to leave as Rangers manager with a trophy. Was, that was a lot of pressure for us as a group and something we were all desperate to do. And... Obviously, I'd spoken about it in terms of if we did win it, then it was it was right that he, being the captain, was right that he should lift the trophy or we should lift the trophy together. So, again, that was that was really important for us. And it was there was pressure added to if you could add any pressure. But, again, another special memory. You know, we, we blew Kilmarnock away that day. We scored goals early on. And there was a lot of talk before the game about different things and people saying this and, you know, the psychological warfare that goes on. So, it was very satisfying to go there, score early, play well, and know, you know, a full Celtic part was probably listening to the radio or <laughs> their phones or whatever it may be at that time, knowing that, thinking they've got a chance, and then very quickly realising that they didn't. We obviously won the League Cup against Celtic uh, that year as well, 2-1, we won after extra time, with a goal for Nicky Trielovic. That mm. being Walter's last Cup final at Hamden, I would imagine, again, the determination within the squad to see that through, despite a strong Celtic team kind of taking us all the way, Again, the heart, the commitment and the fight of that team just shone through and we managed to get, to take the cup home again. Yeah, it wasn't. It was fine lines. Again, that was a really, really close game going to extra time and um, it was a difficult game and as they always are against Celtic and they're always tight and, you know, at, at and it's special because the stadium split 50-50 and, you know, the, the atmosphere is special and when you go up to lift the trophy, half the ground's jumping and half the ground's left. So it's, <laughs> it's just a, it's a really... Um, Partisan environment, as you know, as you know, and it's it's very unusual to get obviously playing Celtic four times a season. It is different playing at Hamden, playing in a game like that, and it's it is special. So um, you love it when you win, and, and obviously having tasted defeat in a previous cup final against Celtic, then you hate that feeling of losing. So it was very important to us to get that result, and um, and Walters last season, as you said, and and to win win a cup as well was was very very special. Obviously, with with the, I mean, in the league season, I think when we beat Celtic once that season, we drew once and we lost twice to them. So there was mm-hmm. kind of iconic moments throughout the season that, for me as a fan, that stick out. Obviously, beating them in the league cup final again just kind of reaffirmed our dominance. I feel, and and when it really mattered, Rangers would come up trumps again. Um, mm-hmm. When we went, we obviously had them at Ibrox in that draw, and the Alan McGregor penalty save for me that day. You could see Celtic just we're never winning this league. And Rangers, again, taking the mentality forward to, to clinch a title. As you say, seven seven minutes at, at, at Rugby Park kind of sealed it. Yeah, well, that, I think you're right. Alan McGregor's penalty save was a big moment. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, knowing Gregsy as we do and having watched him, played with him for a long period of time. If there's one goalkeeper you want to save a penalty for you in a big game when it really matters, that's where you'd pick or that's where I'd pick. So... 
I wouldn't say we were confident of him saving it, but we knew the significance of the moment. And we also knew we couldn't have ended better and go to try and save it. And ultimately he did. And that was was a big moment in that season and enabling us to win the league. And, and there were lots of big moments and both ups and downs. And, you know, we just had to navigate that and stay on track and stay focused on what gave us the best chance of winning. And the Rangers-Celtic games were very, very close, as I said earlier, in terms of teams being equal in a lot of respects. But I always felt, and still do, that we had the upper hand when it really mattered. And I think ultimately the, the record books will, will prove that. Moving on, the club got new ownership and uh, Craig White, which we all know is well documented. We then go into the 2011-2012 season with Alan McCoyst in charge. You only, sadly through injury, you only made one appearance that season. Yeah. I think I think you've seen, no disrespect to anybody else who took over, but I think you've seen Rangers really, really missed your leadership at centre-half. Just how difficult was it seeing the club kind of struggle? Obviously, we started the season really, really well, but then we struggled towards the kind of middle and end of the season. How difficult was yeah. it for yourself? It was, I mean, the situation with me was I, I kind of... It was difficult at Rangers at that time, financially it was difficult, so I didn't know if I was going to be coming back and I definitely had doubt in my mind because Walter had left, whether it was the right time for me to leave as well. So I had I was probably split in that regard, but I ended up staying. You know, Coisty wanted me to stay and you know, I was offered a contract that if I'm offered a contract I'm gonna stay. That that's kinda of how it worked. And then I played in the I think it was the first game against Malmo, the um, Champions League qualifier, I think it was Malmo, and I played at yeah. Ibrox, and I, I chased a ball in the corner, and I just felt my hamstring go, and you know that put me out for a while, and then I came back from that, and then I think my calf went, so I just never managed to get fit or in a position whereby um, I was able to help. But the team were doing really well. The team were ahead in the league. The team were successful, and you know that. Although I was frustrated and not playing, I was happy with the way things were going on the pitch. And again, it looked positive in terms of us winning the league. But by the time January came around, I wasn't playing. I was, I'd had a couple of injuries. So I just felt it was unfair, to be honest, going into January. Um, I wasn't really contributing. It's similar to my time at Everton, probably. I knew it was coming to an end naturally. So I went and spoke to Ali and just said, look, I think it's best for both of us that that I leave. I don't want to leave at the end of January when no leaving you any time to get a replacement. So I just had a conversation with him saying, you know, I think it's best that I leave. It's no, you know, I'm no I'm no the future. You I'm sure looking for replacements, somebody to help you moving forward. So we came to an agreement which was really easy in terms of me leaving. I just basically tore up my contract and shook Alex's hand and and left. But the club was still in, although financially there was obviously a few things going on. On the pitch, we're still doing really well. And it was only after I left that sort of Armageddon hit and the problems became really obvious in terms of what was actually happening behind the scenes. And I genuinely wasn't aware of it. And very quickly, you know, it turned into um, big problems. And my my big friend, Lee McCulloch, was, you know, kind of, I was speaking to him regularly about what was going on. And I really yeah. couldn't believe what was going on in terms of the background and the situation and, and obviously speaking to a few other lads as well in terms of some of the meetings that we're having to have and, and very quickly had gone from, you know, what we know as being successful at Rangers and and um, normal goings on to being something that everybody was, um, it was very alien to everyone, but I, I genuinely wasn't there for that sort of time. So the, the period I was there as a player, it was, it was still business as usual. I sort of missed all of that by, you know, by default. Yeah, you you came back in the March or the April, I think it was, to play in the, the Legends game against AC Milan. And as a supporter mm-hmm. of that game, watching it, you seen the David Weir that we had thought who was the experienced campaigner who would be sitting at the back, and then you turned into this rampaging right back that was like Alan Hutton and he's and he's early career at Ibrox, and we we didn't know you had that in you, David. <laughs> well, I, I I was actually doing some Everton. I spoke to Everton a couple of days ago doing a podcast as well. And like I started my career at Everton as a right back and you know played at, at Falkirk as a right back in Hearts. So I played quite a lot as a right back, really. And I, I do remember that game. And like bearing in mind, I was probably younger and played um, a lot more recently than everybody else on that pitch. So I wouldn't take great credit for that. But I was still playing even at that time. I was 
I think it was well, I was back at Everton and I was coaching the 23s, but I was still playing in under 23s games. So I still had a decent degree of fitness. I was still training, not every day, but I was training regularly and I was training with good players. You know, in our group at Everton, we had Barclay, Ross Barkley and um, Shane Duffy and John Lundstrom and Adam Forshaw. And, you know, we had some really, really good players. So I was part of that. And um, so I was still regularly playing. And as you know, I'd only recently in the last five or six months actually retired for, for playing at a really good level. So it was probably unfair on, on everybody else on that pitch in terms of, you know, even though I was probably similar in age groups in terms of when they'd played. You returned to the club in June 2015 as assistant to Mark Warburton. When did the two of you kind of hear murmurs that the Rangers were looking at the both of you to take over? Um, just, I, I got a phone call, I think, actually, in terms of there was an interest. We'd um, agreed to leave Brentford. Mark and I had worked together at Brentford for the best part of two years and had a really good spell there and really enjoyed it. But again, that had come to an end, and as, as it usually does at football clubs, and we were basically out of a job and um, we, we got phone calls to say we'd be, we'd be interested and obviously Mark asked me what I thought and I said well there's obviously a lot of problems in terms of things that had gone on but if you're asking me you know we've got to be interested and I'd actually done the Motherwell Rangers game on where Rangers didn't manage to, to go up for the BT on TV so I'd been up at the game and I saw you know I watched the game and, and I saw what was going on and, and I knew there was a lot of problems and I knew Rangers weren't where they needed to be. So I knew it was a big job and I knew there was a lot of side issues. But, you know, I think your, your heart and your probably rules your head in terms of, you know, the, the, the decision you make or definitely contributes to it. So I was very positive in terms of doing it. And then, you know, we had a couple of meetings and, and then Mark was offered the job and um, he obviously asked me if I wanted to go with him and, and, uh, and I did. Did you have to kind of prepare Mark, obviously, for this, the size of the club that was walking into, even just the media side of it, compared to Brentford? Well, I mean, obviously, I have conversations with Mark and I told him what I thought about it. I, I had been there for, for a, a few years and I knew a lot of things had gone on since then and I'd, I prepared them and I explained to him, but preparing you and explaining you doesn't, you know, actually meet actually doing it. And it was, it's an incredible institution, Rangers, and um, there's a lot of issues going on, side issues, off the field issues, on the field issues, you know, the, the media and the excitement that builds around Rangers. So I think Mark was shocked to a degree and it's only understandable. And I think if you're not brought up in that and, and used to it day to day, then you probably don't, you probably can not underestimate it, but you can probably not realise the significance. But I think very quickly he did realise the significance and he, and he understood the, the nature of the club and the role that he'd take. We beat Hibs six two in the Petrofac Cup opener. That's the home the season basically, and then we went the first eleven league games unbeaten. How difficult was it making that transfer? Even at Rangers, for your memories of playing at Rangers, to then standing at the sideline, did did you find that difficult to actually have an influence on the on the game? Or? Yeah, that must admit, and that's the transition from player to coach. But I think because Rangers, you're more emotionally involved and. That's, that became even harder. And, you know, we inherited Rangers, but I think we had seven or eight players at the start, you know, in terms of actually contracted players. So we had to build a squad and do a pre-season and get ready for the league and get ready for the cup, you know, within a matter of weeks from a standing start. So it was really, really difficult. And we, we had to make a lot of decisions and we had to do a lot of things. And I, I remember the, the game against Hibs very clearly. And I remember the draw being made very clearly as well. And Mark and I were both taken aback by um, the attitude of the group when the draw was made. It was almost like there was a real downer because they're saying, oh, couldn't they have a tougher draw? You know, that's a really difficult game. And Mark and I, I can remember the meeting and Mark went into the meeting, which is very good, in that um, capacity in front of the players saying, we're Rangers. You know, why, why are we worried about going to Hibs to play Hibs in a game, in a cup final? Why do we think this is a bad draw? This is a great draw. This is an opportunity for us to show people what we're all about. And, you know, that you could see the players actually sinking into the players. And we had good players there in terms of good professionals and Lee and Kenny and people like that who, who understood it. But they'd been, you know, they were a bit battered and they were a bit um, subdued. And I think Mark, you know, reignited that in them in terms of 
being getting the best out of them and, and making them think positively about being at Rangers where there have been so many negatives in the in the recent past. We obviously went all the way to the final, uh, the Challenge Cup, and we won it. And we had, I think it was 48,000 fans at, at Hamden on that day. Obviously not everyone Rangers, but certainly 95% of them. How huge a moment would that have been for a, for a team considering we never, we've not really had any relative success at that time. So to go out there and that is your first cup final and be a Challenge Cup final and still attract that, that level of attendance. Yeah, again, for being honest, from my standpoint, it, it wasn't a massive thing for me. It wasn't a... It wasn't in the significant cup competition. It was a cup competition, so it was about winning, whereas it always is at Rangers. But to see the people there, that's what made it significant. See the number of people there, and you know you're playing, you know, a, 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 a opposition from a lower level, so you're expected to win. It was always the case in cup finals, anyway. So, and we put, we played relatively well, and we won the game comfortably, and it was a relief more than anything because if we hadn't have won it, it would have been a disaster. And that that was my overriding ambition an overriding feeling on it and I'm sure March was the same the league again was the focus because we had to win the league we had to get promoted we had to get back in the Premier League we had to do that so that was the, the main focus and, and always is it Rangers as I said before so the, the petrol fact was a bonus it was a nice bonus but it was more a relief than anything else and I'm, although undoubtedly the fans enjoyed that that day out in the sun We clinched the, the league title a 1-0 home win in Dumbarton um, and again, I think I could probably speak for everybody at Ibrox that night, and it was just, as you've said, sheer relief that we were back mm-hmm. where at least where we, we belong. How important was it? For, obviously, you've mentioned that was what you and Mark, that was what the aim it was to do. How how much relief, how big was the relief in you two? It was massive. I mean, it was non-negotiable to get promoted. You know, that was that wasn't up for debate, although Rangers had you know, failed to do that the previous year. And there was a lot of circumstances involved in that, but there was a lot of circumstances for us as well. We were playing against a really good Hibs team. Falkirk were a good team at the time as well, and it was a, it was a real challenge. Every game was a cup final, as it always is for Rangers, and there was a lot of pressure associated with it. And we were a new team, and we were a relatively young team, and a team that had been cobbled together for you know for free transfers for different places, and you know and and pulling in a few favours here and there as well. So we kind of put together a team that had to be very successful and you've got to give great credit to that group and, and the leadership within it to actually navigate what is a tough division and it was relief at the end of it and you say you know you win against Dumbarton at home to get promoted then you know when you think of some of the games you played in and had to win to, to get success then you think well that's you know that's a penalty kick no goalie but it doesn't work like that it's difficult to play in these games it's difficult to get results so it was a great relief to, to finally get promotion. The Scottish Cup with relative success that year, despite not winning it. Uh, I remember the, I think it was the quarter final at home to Dundee, and Harry Forrester uh-huh. scoring in 16 settings. Ibrooks that day uh-huh. was unbelievable. Then we move on to the, the semi final, obviously against Celtic, and I think in that first half, I don't think I've seen as good a performance for any Rangers side playing against Celtic over the years. Where does that rank in your career? That that game in that half in particular. It was special. It was a, it was a, you know, again, you know, I've spoken during this about you know significant games and significant sort of actions within games, and that was definitely one of those games for Rangers as a football club. You know, to get back challenging Celtic and to get back being competitive with Celtic, and I agree, we played really well. And when you look at our team that day, and no disrespect with with some of the lads that played, but it, it shouldn't have really been able to beat Celtic in terms of the the actual quality that, that we had compared to what they had. And also, from being honest, within the game as well, we played really well and we were really brave. And, you know, that's how we wanted to play. And, you know, the, the result, you know, after a lot of work and penalties and extra time and everything, the circumstance, you know, it fell our way, but very easily could have went the other way as well. And we played as well as we could play. Celtic played nowhere near as well as they could have played. And that was probably the only way we could have won that game. Yeah, because of the, the significance, of, you know how good Celtic could be, and you know they are, they they were used to winning, they were used to winning trophies, and and we probably you know weren't at that stage. So it was a new team, as I said, that being built, cobbled together, and it was a really significant result for us. And you know I think it was, um, it definitely put Rangers back on the map anyway. 
We went into the obviously we lost the lost the final to Hibs, which was a disappointing day for the club. I remember the game again, I was at the game, I remember the game well. Easily again could have went our way, given the moments in the game had had gone our way. What are your memories of the of the final and do you have any regrets? Yeah, lots of regrets. You always have regrets when you lose a game and but I mean that was our team. That was how we played. We had our strengths and we had our weaknesses. And I, and me personally, I don't think we played well in the game, and well enough to probably win it. And you've got to remember the context and don't make excuses. But we hadn't played a game for three weeks because mm-hmm. the league season ended, and then Hibs were involved in the playoffs, so they were playing tough games, and they'd had a disappointment as well. They'd been beaten by Falkirk in the playoff semis, I think. So they they kind of. They've had a disaster, so you've got to give them credit for reacting and, and coming in that game as well. We we were a bit flat, and with hindsight, you probably you you can see why we're having that break. Although we tried to prepare as well as we can, but within the game, we didn't play well. Hibs scored early, and it was a terrible goal for our point. And then, but we managed to get back into the game, but primarily through individual um, good play rather than us playing well as a team. And then. Getting towards the game, the end of the game, it looked like we were gonna, um, we had a chance of winning. Then Hibs, Hibs scored late, especially the second one. Obviously, we didn't have any time to react, and you've got to give them credit. On the day, I felt they deserved to win the game. We were massively disappointed, obviously, because we wanted to win it. We wanted to be successful. We wanted to get back into Europe. We wanted to kind of build on what we've done already. But the big picture was we didn't play well enough on the day. There, there will be reasons for that, but ultimately we, we didn't do enough and we've probably got what we deserve. So it was a regret and it was disappointing, but we had to react to that. We went into the 2016-2017 season. Obviously, optimism was high amongst our support, probably false optimism to a certain, to a certain extent, given where we'd come from. We didn't know it as such, but we were going to go up against a Celtic team who were going to go on an incredible run. Did you feel that you and Mark and the Rangers squad at that time were unlucky to come up against that team in that form at that time? I don't know about unlucky. I think, you know, the significance of the semi-final when we beat Celtic, they um, they obviously reacted to that because I think, you know, they saw that Rangers were on the way back and they were probably, um, not saying they were relaxed or they were complacent, but They'd probably been winning without really, really being challenged. And then, you know, they probably saw that they could, there could be a challenge from Rangers, although they probably thought it was still a wee bit away. And I think they reacted. And to be fair to them, they reacted really, really well. They brought in a top-class manager. They made a decision about their existing manager. They brought in a top-class manager. They brought in some top-class players. And they bought into what we was doing very, very quickly. And they were a good team. And they went on a great run. And it was it was very difficult to compete with them at the time. And when you look at the big picture, which isn't always the case in Glasgow, then our first season back in the Premier League after, what would it be, five years, it was going to be difficult. There was going to be a transition. And our squad would try to improve it. And we had done, I think. But it was re- a relative improvement in terms of where Rangers need to be, where Rangers were and what Celtic were doing. So if you looked at the two squads and you're looking at Rangers and Celtic saying, right, you know, we are, we are competing with them, I don't think it was a fair fight. And I don't think it was them. It was actually a, over the course of 36 games or whatever it may be, it would have been really difficult for us to get close to them. So I, I think relative success for us in that season would have been finishing second. But you can never say that at Rangers because second's never good enough. But I think that's, Logical, that is what um, success should have been that season. I think one of the things that I admired about yourself and Mark when they were in charge was there was always a kind of a question for the media to say and compare us to Celtic and compare us to Celtic all the time. I think the message for yourself and Mark was let's be the best that we can be. And I think we're guilty of that. And, and this city is that we just look across and see what they're doing and they see what we're doing and we try and compete with each other that way. But I think Rangers, and, as a Rangers sporter, we, we should try and always be the best that we can be. And I think sometimes we get caught up a wee bit in that. I think we do. And I think we're all emotionally involved in that. And that's, you know, that's what makes it special because there are two big clubs in the city and they are competitive with each other. And I think when the playing field's level, I think that's when it's at its best. When I, you know, went back to Rangers as a player, 
you know, for two or three years there, both teams are in the Champions League, both teams are competing for the league, both teams are in cup finals against each other. And that's that's when it's at its best, when there's a disparity, which there was, you know, in our um, season in the Premier League or half season in the Premier League there. There is a disparity. It's not quite the same, I don't think. And I think now Rangers are getting back towards that level. You know, I think there's still a bit to go yeah. in terms of being completely on terms with Celtic. But, you know, our, our part in that was, was a stepping stone to that, I think. It was part of it. And undoubtedly, we weren't the finished article. We weren't where we wanted to be, which was understandable. And we made some mistakes along the way, which you always do, and some high-profile mistakes along the way, which is being at Rangers, that's what it's all about. So, you know, it was it was part of the process. And ultimately, Rangers have got to get back winning leagues and being successful because it's been too long since since um, we've managed to do that. So um, it was it was great. It was a great experience. It was, you know, a lot of lessons learned and there was a lot of positives. But, you know, ultimately it was... It was disappointing to leave the way we did. Do you have any regrets about the way it left? And did you still feel that the bothies could turn that around? Definitely. And you've always got regrets when you lose your job. You know, and I've been in coaching management long enough now where I've lost my job a couple of times and it's never nice. But there's nothing you can do about that. I I was disappointed with the way it panned out because, you know, it was spun in a way that, that wasn't true which is, you know, again, I don't want to go into because there's no any benefit in that. But that's that was disappointing. But ultimately, that, that is what it is. And, you know, you move on and you you go and do what you do next. And, and then you you kind of adjust to that. But, yeah, there was disappointments. But football's full of disappointments. And, you know, life can be full of disappointments. And it's about how you react to that. And, you know, my conscience is clear. And, you know, I gave everything I had while I was there as a player and as an assistant manager. And, and I can genuinely say the same about Mark as well. He genuinely did it for the for the right reasons, and he was fully committed to it. And he gave his best at all times. And ultimately, that's all you can do. How would you assess the job done by Stephen Gerrard so far, coming up to the kind of present day? I think he's done a good job. I think it's again he inherited a difficult situation. I think um, the expectations are are massive. I think you know we've spoken a lot about. Um, the European side of things and how it can be a distraction but it can also be um, really important and I think Rangers of getting back in Europe and being competitive in Europe is very important in terms of the club the club's kind of reputation the club brand and um, obviously financially as well I think it, it's a big part of the picture and probably the only way that you can you can actually be successful and build a business model that's competitive in Scotland is, is by being successful in Europe and um, ultimately getting access to Champions League. It, it's the only way it really adds up money, um, money-wise. So I think he's done great in terms of making Rangers competitive and getting to the levels of competitions that probably people don't expect. But the one thing, and it's no secret, that he'll be missing is a trophy and very close this year and deserve to win it on the game. But yep. as we all know, you don't always get what you deserve. And still searching for that first trophy which is you know as I said is often the, the hardest one to find I think the fans are um, completely behind them I think they like the way he speaks they like the way his teams are and um, I think they'll give him every success every chance of being successful and I'm sure he's desperate desperate to do that and um, I think you've always got to be improving bringing better players in and, and spending money and obviously the current climate will make that difficult but I think at Rangers, there's there's a responsibility to, to try and improve the squad every window, to try and bring better players in and try and create competition. And you know, Celtic are competitive, they're a good team, they're used to winning, and Rangers have got to combat that in order to be successful. Do you still look out for our results, David? Of course. It's, it's, I mean, I look for Rangers results, I look for Everton results, um, I look Hearts, I look Falkirk, I, I look at... You know, all the clubs I've been at, but and I'm a Rangers fan, so it's the first result I look for, if I'm being honest. And um, my kids, I've grown up well. I was playing for Rangers and coaching Rangers, so they always look for the, the Rangers results as well and always reading the newspapers and, you know, watching, listening to the radio stations and, and just finding out what's going on. And some of it's nonsense, as I'm sure everybody agrees, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, I don't think you ever get away from that. Once you've been involved in it, you're always involved in it to some degree. And, I definitely keep more than one eye on how things are going up there. Thanks very much for your time, David, and thanks very much for your efforts in a blue jersey and as an assistant manager. 
Uh, so many great memories connected to, to your time at the club. We hope to see you again at Ibrox really, really soon. Thank you. I really enjoyed that. It was, it was nice to go through it and brought back a few memories. And um, I had great times, you know, both playing and, and coaching at Rangers. And, um, you know, I, I'm so glad I had the opportunity to do that. So thanks to you and thanks to everybody who listens to that for the support they've, you know, they've given me throughout my career. Thanks, David. Rangers, easy, okay, okay. Look out, everyone, we're on our way. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.